You feel better? I do feel better. Hey, guys. I'm back. I was feeling crappy this week. I caught a stomach bug. And if you just get a little bit sick nowadays, everybody's like, you got COVID, you're going to die. And I'm like, no, I don't have that. I just have a stomach bug. But I like spent the night on the toilet one night, dude. I could wait not. Till, wait till you guys hear that episode. We recorded it from Aaron's bathroom. <laughs> from the toilet. Hey, from the toilet. Hold on. It's just, oh, it's the worst. Just, <laughs> he just was about to do it. <laughs> just the worst. This is why you guys worst. have to watch the YouTube because he just went to, like, if you watch Aaron's face, I was about, you know, I was about to, to make it. the noise, the juiciest. <laughs> so, oh, here's a great story. So, our we share a family album, and my sister in law just sent some. She goes, Look at this receipt I just got from Alexa. And it said, Wet Fart Expansion Pack. And I was like, What? And she's like, Somebody in my household. Just bought this from through Alexa, and I'll Which give is, you t- two guesses who it was. And it's like unbelievable. So I looked up. I had to look up what is the Wet Fart Expansion Pack, and this thing has a bunch of reviews, and all of them are from people who'd be like, "Somehow my kid bought this, and I don't know how they did it." It's like they must have it be so simple. It'd be like, "Hey, Alexa, buy some farts." And they're like, well, what? the best is if it's like whatever it actually is. Yeah, it's an expansion pack, yeah. which means. There's like a a, be- a base a base pack that yep. you already need to get the wet farts to integrate <laughs> into, right? Yeah. <laughs> so guess who else now has <laughs> yeah. who has the wet fart expansion pack? It's Did hilarious. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's what hysterical. Is it an expansion pack for though. It's just more stupid oh, just, noises because you can just oh, be it's like just sound effects. You're on just Alexa. like, hey, Echo, uh, play a wet fart in 15 seconds, and like 15 seconds, just be like. <laughs> And you're like, yeah. <laughs> can you say Alexa next time you hear Kate play a wet fart? Like, can you do that? Y- yes, yes. It, like, you can. You can be like, hey, Echo, what what noise does Kate make? And it goes. <laughs> and you're like, ha 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 ha. It's just so stupid. It's the part dumbest of me is thing like, ever. That would be funny for five minutes. The other part of me is like, that would be funny for the entirety of that Echo. <laughs> That's like, as long as I had that device. <laughs> um, we've been cracking the fuck up. It's stupid as balls and like oh my god my baby's like where are those wet farts coming from that was gonna be my next question is has she started thinking barf or throw up or poop or farting is funny yet no no the only thing she thinks is funny is like pulling on my beard or like i don't know she she thinks farts are funny sometimes and he thinks anytime someone in a movie or show spits something out especially if it's comical like he thinks that is fucking his Hysterical. It is. It I is was going to say, and he's correct. He knows comedy. <laughs> he knows comedy. <laughs> Guys, follow us on social media. Let us know. Let us know what comedy is because we do not know. <laughs> follow us with your wet fart expansion pack. <laughs> social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at LaunchpadPod and our website, launchpadpod.com. Hit us up on YouTube. Check these videos out. Uh, really appreciate everybody who watches our YouTube. It's uh, pretty funny. I like I like seeing our silly faces say stupid things. <laughs> I like seeing your silly face. It's oh, hard. Thanks, we used Randy. to we used to record in person in the same room every week. Yep. I used to and do then, a lot of things in person with a yeah. lot of people. Now everything <laughs> yeah, is this is this is the norm. This is I just guess if we still lived in Los Angeles, we probably wouldn't be doing it in person. Like if we still lived together, if we still lived in the same the same city, we probably wouldn't see each other, right? Not that much. I don't, I don't know, so. man. Peace fucking hate pandemic. Stupid. Anyway, we got a fun episode for you. Let's get into it. You know, let's get on with the show. Right, welcome to the Launchpad Podcast. I'm Aaron. <laughs> I was going to do the same thing. <laughs> but that's not wet enough. I was going to make a big juicy one after you. Okay. Oh, God. And I'm Matt. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's funny, huh? I'm fucking almost 40 years old. Still funny. Still Never, funny. Still yeah. fucking funny. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, but I was feeling well, sick, sick as hell, so we didn't get to record last week. Um, but we, we got some, I, I watched a couple things. Um, I watched a slashic, a classic slasher, which wasn't that good, but you know, whatever. It's a classic for a reason, I suppose. Um, I'm actually, most of what I want to talk about today are slashers. So I'm interested to see that, but let me, 
let me hit you with one that I watched last night. Yeah. That is fucking weird. Fucking weird. I love um, weird. Yeah. So last night I watched a movie and I would be very surprised if you didn't know the cover for this. Mm-mm, okay. Dead describe end. the cover and let me guess oh. the movie or do the movie oh, yeah, and let yeah, me yeah. guess the cover. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll describe the cover. Okay. I can't describe part of it because it, it will flat out tell you. There is a creepy looking guy almost in like Eric Draven crow makeup. So white makeup with like darkish, maybe red, maybe black teardrops coming out of his eyes. Mm-hmm. And he's looking kind of like creepy at the camera like this. Is he a clown? It looks very clown-ish. But is it Blood Harvest? Nope. Well, it's okay. that. But it's that. And then underneath his face is a building slash establishment that factors into the title and the movie kind of prominently. And I, I can't, it's got a bit, the, the building has a big neon sign at the top and it is a, um, it's like a retro throwback place. It's not a place that we go to much right. Well, before pandemic we didn't, but now it's coming back into resurgence. Oh shit. I don't know. Dead end drive in dead and drive in. Okay. You don't remember this cover? No. This is one of those movies that when video stores are going out of business, I kept seeing as a VHS, but it was very unclear whether it was horror, comedy, knew it was good, knew it was bad, was shitty or not. So I never ended up buying it. I ended up watching it last night, I think on Tubi, which is like the best fucking streaming for the movies that I like. Yeah. Oh, Tubi's so full of good garbage. Yeah. He totally looks like a crow ripoff. Right. And it does look like a creepy, like he's probably the stalker in the dead end drive-in, right? Yeah. It's not about that at all. And he's not in it. So wait, that, that building is in it. That guy's not in it. Zero. I mean, there is a chance that he walks by a frame, but he doesn't do anything. He's Are there any flying cars in it? Cause there's a poster with a flying car on it. No, there is not. Are there, there just are punk, punks fighting at the, at the dead end drive? Yes. A lot of punks fighting. So dead end drive in 1986. Let me see. IMDB says in the future, a health nut and his tag along girlfriend become trapped in a drive in theater that has become a concentration camp for outcast youths who are placed with new wave mu- who are placed sorry placated with new wave music junk food drugs exploitation movies and racism now that is actually exactly what the movie is about but i've never read that before i've never read such a concise thing but that is actually exactly what that movie was about it is number 1 is australian and it is a Slight, it's, it's in the near future, which at the time was two or three years in the future. But for us, it's like 34 years ago. It's in the late 80s. And um, there's these guys that are driving a tow truck. And we were introduced to the cowboys who are kind of like a softer version of Mad Max bad guys. They okay. tricked out their cars, but it's a lot of like 80s grunge spray paint. So instead of like spikes and survival gear like Mad Max... It was just 80s punk cars, if that makes sense. Okay. And they're causing trouble. The main character is like a straight and narrow guy. He brings his girlfriend to this drive-in, and they he borrows his, a 56 or 57 Chevy. and A, a, a fucking uh, one, of the, one of the... Christine. Christine cars, yeah. Yep. They're humping, and someone steals two of his wheels while he's humping. And in the time it takes, like, the car bounces, and he jumps out, and everyone is gone or everyone that stole his wheel is gone. Turns out it's the police and they leave and he goes and registers a complaint with the guy who runs the drive. And he's like, someone stole my wheels. And he's like, well, you got to stay here. You want a blanket? He's like, what do you mean I have to stay here? He's like, well, you can't go anywhere tonight. You got to stay here. Well, well, I'll write a report for you in the morning. And the guy's like, fine. So he's him and his girlfriend sleep in the car and they wake up the next day. And like a half of the entire drive in is still there and come to learn that it is literally what that thing just, what I just read. It is a concentration camp where you get kind of like left there. And he's like, you can't leave. There's no buses. There's no this. There's no cars. There's no taxis. New Uber hadn't been invented yet. And he's like, and you can't walk on the street because that's illegal. You get thrown in jail for three years. So everybody just stays in this drive-in theater. There's no phone, so he can't get out. The drive-in theater guy has some sort of computer that he's typing in. That's like a mystery thing that doesn't really like go anywhere. Like you think he's like connected to the government or a conspiracy. It doesn't really go anywhere. The, the main character is the only person in this entire thing who's like, wait a minute. This doesn't make sense. We just fucking wait here until the government figures out what to do with us. He wants to leave, but there's barbed wire and electrified fences. But everybody else is just like, even his girlfriend immediately is like, well, we'll just stay here. And he's like, what the fuck are you talking about? Why would we stay here? And she's like, eh, nobody else seems like they have any sort of care about get like, I would want to get out because I don't want to be in prison somewhere. 
But like, also, I have shit to do. Like, I have a job. My 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 family or wife or girlfriend or friends would be looking for me. Nobody in this thing seems to be concerned if, about it. If anything of this rings true, from what I understand, um, it, it, most Australian films don't make any sense. It, all of the ones that I've seen make no sense. I'm I'm going to agree with that. Like more even so, like New Zealand films make sense, but they have this quirky, weird thing about it where they don't. I mean, I've never been to New Zealand, so maybe it's spot on. But it looks like it doesn't take place on Earth, or at least not Earth Two. Like, wait, did you say Earth. this was Australian or New Zealand? This is Australian, but I okay. think New Zealand films like when you watch a peter jackson movie i mean peter jackson it's, it's crazy to begin with but the people don't act like people they act like cartoon people I yeah think. this was like even more so what was body um, melt is that is that kiwi body or is melt that... was new zealand i think that's bonkers yeah oh, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> but like this and so like this is happening and this guy is like he, he's like i gotta get my wheels i gotta get the and he's got gotta get specific wheels for this so he's trying to trade and barter but they're like you don't understand there's no fucking is the movie violent here. yeah but not like ultra violent I, i'm as bored i'm as a bored like i i think this movie sounds boring is it boring pretty boring but not the worst and it would have been better if me and you or me and someone were making fun of it but towards the end they start bus loading in a groups of asians and out of nowhere there's like this racial component where the you know predominantly Austra white Australian punks are like we can't let these and then every slur I've ever heard against races uh, against Asian people we can't let these blanks in here and you're like first of all why are the blanks even coming in like why are they bussing into there and then there's like I don't know what like I don't know what the purpose of that was but while that like rally is essentially like a white power rally against Asians while that's happening in this what? the hero is trying to like complete this plan where he's going to steal a police car to get out is and he the, eventually does is the he hero racist too nope no no he's the only one he's the only person that does not like that he is trapped somewhere and no way to talk to his family like, he borrowed his brother's car and he is more worried and this is weird this is the, this is this is maybe the best explanation of how this movie feels he borrowed his brother's car and the brother wasn't didn't know that he was bringing him or that he was bringing the car to this sketchy movie theater and the, the the guy says that he is more concerned about getting the right wheels to put back on than he is about leaving this concentration you know you can tell this is before cell phones and specifically yelp was oh, a yeah. thing could you imagine the yelp review for this drive-in you're like <laughs> um one star they kept us here at as a concentration camp uh full of punks and then they kept bushing in asians just to get like racially and then you have a ration, uh, an Asian person leaves a Yelp review right after that, and there's like, even worse. Yeah, yeah. I'd leave no stars if I could. I'd leave no stars if I could. One star because the bathrooms were clean. Um, <laughs> it's it, but it's, it's like weird. It's weird. Like his car is kind of de like demolished, and like they they spray paint and you know graffiti all over his car. He's not worried about that at any point. He just wants to put those wheels back on. And at no point is he like, I just need to get wheels on to get out of here. He eventually ditches that plan and just steals a yeah, cop car. And doesn't he end, know once he has the wheels, he can't get out of there? Like, they told him you can't leave. You're stuck. Yeah. You're I, well, I mean, he ends up stealing a police car and taking it off of a jump that jumps like the toll booth thing at the beginning of the drive-in that you give the tickets. So there is he a flying car. The, it, well, yeah, I guess that's true. And he jumps the building while smashing through the neon sign. It is an awesome stunt that looks cool but it's one of those things that they had six cameras on but when they did the final edit of the film they chose the camera angle that is not really the one that you wanted to see for that part of the jump the entire time and they show it really well they show some good shots of it but you're like that shot we should have seen it from this angle to start then when it smashed the sign we should have seen this angle but it doesn't but at least you're like i know that you actually shot a car up a ramp over a building because that fucking that happened so and like, like okay, sparks flying and everything everything that's no, crazy no man creepy clown guy no creepy clown guy um sounds terrible it's, it's interesting it, it's just it was it's one of those things like i watched it and i was like what is the point you're not trying to scare me you're not trying to make me laugh the only thing i can think about it is a very thin veiled criticism satire something on you wasted you world war ii yeah racism like, apparently name it and yeah. you could, I mean, you could easily fit any sort of thing over that, but that's the only, that's the only reason I can think about making that movie. It wasn't very interesting. 
I always think it's weird when a movie's like, hey, we're going to say something about, let's say, racism. Could be anything. Well, we're going to say something about over-sexualizing children. Okay, how are you going to do it? By showing that over and over again, gratuitously. Wait, what? Yeah, to make a point about racism, we're just going to hammer you with all sorts of racist shit. And you're like, but is that making a point or just doing it? Will I I do something different after watching that or hearing that? Yeah. Do I know you're making a point or does it just seem like you're just doing it for the whole movie? Or are you just racist? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Is that the point? Wait, what's the point here? Like, sometimes I feel that way about like, like, Specifically, in like Pulp Fiction, Quentin Tarantino's character who keeps saying racist shit. Sure. And then you're like, are you doing it to make a point? Or are you just doing it because you're like, I wrote this movie. I can get away with it. <laughs> it's like, huh. I'm a little confused, but okay. At least the rest of the movie's good to hold it up. When the movie, like, the movie has to be good if you're going to pull that shit off. Because then if the movie sucks, you're like, well, that sucked and was uncomfortably racist. <laughs> um a... Interesting, interesting movie. I don't. You don't I'm recommend not suggesting it. Suggesting it. No, I'm not recommending it. But it's not. I'm not. I'm not also not saying don't. It's just. It's a weird thing. If you want to get weird and be like, what? You I'll take it as a, a don't. Questions about I, I, like I would watch. I would recommend Body Melt before this. It sounds like. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. Because yeah. Body Melt is at least like. There's this. There's no real good effects. It's not like yeah. so you're not watching it for action. You're not watching it for horror. You're not watching it for violence. There's. I mean, there's a but. There's a good, there's a bit of boobs, but like not enough to be like, at least there's boobs in the movie. You're like, Ugh. all right, leave them titties held that movie up. They're Australian boobs. <laughs> <laughs> well, I watched the slashic prom night, 1980. Nice. No, just okay. I agree. I've seen it before. So, I think the second one is better, but I've seen the first one and it's like, Kate okay. was, Kate, Kate, we had a week. It was a week. I was sick, you know. Kate was going through a lot. She was really busy too. The the baby caught a cold, so now we all have a cold now too. So Kate was like, "I want to watch a classic '80s horror movie." She's like, "Like Halloween three or what something." A yeah, what she's a like keeper. specifically was like Halloween three or something. I was like, "Yes," and I was like, "Okay, how about this? I've never seen Prom Night. It's supposed to be a classic. Let's check it out." We're watching it. We have both checked out of the movie. We're on our phones, and Kate suddenly looks up and goes, "When are they going to start killing people?" And I was like. I know this movie has so far just been me watching a prom happen. Like mm-hmm. it's basically Saturday night fever and there's been a couple creepy phone calls. And at the very beginning, they killed a kid outright. Right. I was like, cool, cool, cool. That held me for quite a bit of the movie. Sure. But like, wow, we have 30 minutes left and only one person has died. And that was in the first five minutes of the movie. When are they going to start killing people? And they finally get to it and they're just okay. I yeah. mean, then they cut somebody's head off. And it's pretty good. But it's a Jamie Lee Curtis joint. It's a Halloween ripoff. Um, and it's just not that good. And at the end, you're like, well, I guess it's the only person who hasn't been cut up and we haven't seen in 10 minutes. So there's got to be that guy wearing his sparkly diamond encrusted disco yeah. ski mask. He's cutting people up. And then you're like, well, that was pretty obvious. I knew it was going to be that guy. Okay. And that's the end of the movie. And it was just like, wow, what a boring pedestrian slasher movie so bad the only, i watched it a couple years ago and the only thing i could think about that and movies like that were <clears throat> excuse me at the time there wasn't like the plethora of movies that we have now because like the small budget ones were not out and available yet the yeah. ones from other countries wasn't there you didn't for, have streaming for services, reference so. the first friday the 13th comes out the same year and I don't know which right. one came out first, but the first Friday the 13th comes out the same year that Prom Night does. And then I think people are like, oh, okay. Here's, so here's- I wonder if it's just like the equivalent of when you see, like you watch Taken and Taken mm-hmm. is fucking baller. But then you watch any of the sequels or like any other Liam Neeson, I'm yep. mad and shooting people movie. You're like, you just did what you did. It was fine. But I guess I walked into that movie that Liam Neeson on a train movie and i'm like okay so this is gonna be taken but on a train i know exactly what to expect the movie didn't try to trick me at all it just was yeah. like he's on a train killing people that's what you're gonna get i wonder if that's what prom night was back in its day where it's like if you like friday the 13th you, this is a movie like that but at a prom so like money. halloween comes out in what 76 six but i might be wrong i gotta yeah. I have to look it up. so I think it's comes out early 1974 texas chainsaw massacre came out that's the first one that's the first like 
slasher thing, but it's not the slasher formula. It's it's it kind of has always been set apart as an outlier. Seventy eight like, was uh, John Carpenter's Halloween. Okay, so seventy eight is Halloween. That's like the first you know formula slasher that that really kind of takes off. There's a bunch of copycats. Jamie Lee Curtis is in this one too, which is basically a copycat of that. Um, but it's just boring. And then Friday the 13th comes out and does it better. So it's like, you're right. They're still kind of borrowing from the Jaleos at this point, you know, the Italian slasher movies. Mm -hmm. So they're still kind of grounded in thriller. They're not really full on horror yet. Um, they haven't quite figured out how to, how to get that formula that Halloween captured perfectly yet. They're still working on it. But like, yeah, prom night was just boring. There was a couple good sequences. There was one where a girl's in a van and she's having sex with this guy and she like, it's like, oh, yeah, that was awesome. And she, like, leans back, and the door flies open. The guy stabs her a bunch. Um, and then the dude takes off in the van, and the killer's, like, hanging onto the van, like, fighting the guy. And that sequence was pretty good, but that's it. Yeah, again, you could start the movie with 30 minutes left and be like, I understand right, right. everything that has happened here. I, I don't even need to watch the movie to know that this is the shy chick. This is the jackass. <laughs> yeah. This is the jock. Like, I figure it out because they constantly remind me, like, I'm shy. Oh, now you're dead. I'm a right, jock. Right. And now you're dead. And, like, the last 30 minutes are okay, but, like, man, I had to get through an hour before I got to anything worthwhile happening horror-wise. It was just like, man. So, I don't know why it's considered a classic. I don't. I, I, honestly, just because That's Jamie Lee Curtis things, is right. It. it is. Like, prom, prom night with Jamie Lee Curtis is something that is mentioned yeah. more than you think it should. I right. think it. I think it's purely because Jamie Lee Curtis is in it, and she is a highlight she in that movie. Job. Yeah, she's. I mean, she's Jamie Lee Curtis. She's great. But also, you're in high school. Holy shit! You look like a 24 year old. She was 22 when she met. You look like a 22 year old, and you're like supposed to be like 16, 17. Like bullshit. None of these people look like they're 16 or something. One person does, and he's the the nerdy kid. Hey, my name's Slick. You want a joint? I was like, oh god. But like, it's it, the whole thing is a guy with like shards of glass and an axe and he's got this like sparkly disco ski mask on and he's killing people it is actually if you for reference if you guys look really closely at i think in the first scream his gloved hands it's not just flat black there is like a slight sparkle to like it lycra the mask yeah that's exactly what it is the mask of this movie in prom night i mean it looks like he's wearing a disco ball right like it's just it's black but it is sparkling, sparkling. it almost looks like sequins yeah, so it's just like it was really disappointing. Should have watched Halloween three. Um, but like well, to let me think throw about this that, at you if you haven't yet, yeah, go for it. I think there's a 2008 Prom remake. Night remake. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I believe I watched it, and while not good as a movie, it's more like exactly what you want it to be. It's prom. It's high school. We did something. Now it's coming back to 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 bite us in the ass, and we're getting killed. And I believe I re I don't remember the the specific cool kills, but I do remember watching it, being like. This is worth watching just for the kills, like just for the, the sequences and stuff. But clearly it wasn't that good because I don't remember any of the kills. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Isn't that the way? But um, yeah, it was weird. But it's always crazy to remember, to, you know, anytime I kind of like, what else was going on where this made a splash? And sure. Yeah. yeah like, yeah. why does this stand out and other stuff doesn't? It's like, it's crazy to think that like Texas Chainsaw Massacre was like the first of this guy with a mask cutting up teens. Like that movie's so good. I remember the so first good. time I watched it, hating it, because I didn't get it. You know what I mean? I thought it was going to be what the movies were at the time, like in the mid-90s. That's what I thought it was going to be. I was in high school, and I watched it. I was like, that was silly. And it is silly when you think It is that. silly. I mean, the, the soundtrack is just it. screaming and chainsaw noises. It's not smacking, good, but it's... And smacking cookie sheets. I remember yeah. I specifically watched it with my best friend, and then we took cookie sheets in high school and just walked around the house banging them and pretending that we were doing it. We were like, this is what that movie sounded like. Bang. Kong, Kong. Yeah, Texas Chainsaw Massacre isn't good. It's great because it's like so out there and so unique and so yeah. raw and pretty indicative of like Tobe Hoover's like entire career. Like even and it's alive. Like you said, imagine when if it was 1974 and you saw yeah. that. There was no fucking precursor to that. You know and what it's, I mean? You it's, nobody was ready for that. I, my appreciation for it came later when you realize like how groundbreaking it was but like again as a movie it's not a good movie like the dialogue's terrible the, the acting is I mean, terrible the, it's the, there's the last act and a half are just basically her screams screaming <laughs> and ring 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 the 
but it's so shocking and so stark and just very bleak and horrible i i think you know it is brilliant and every time i see it i'm either torn between how stupid it is or how brilliant they were to make it that way did you like the remake the first remake you know i love the remake you know i say it was so good i say the remake is better than the original not more important the original is a better film the original is a groundbreaking moment that doesn't make it good you have to respect it for what it did though and leatherface is fucking insane what a great character but Mm -hmm. like the movie was just a shoestring budget and just they got away with it how often how often can you say that that works i mean evil dead the first one i think worked in that sense but then like evil dead 2 is a better movie but maybe not as groundbreaking sure yeah yeah well they are you already broke a ground right yeah you already yeah you already did it so it's like the remake of texas chainsaw massacre at least they made a competent movie that had like character and like they you know sound they actually had like people who knew what they were doing mm-hmm. you know and people people are like what but like come on i mean texas chainsaw massacre is a seminal horror film again to come out of the gate swinging that hard Come on. To, to say that that came out in 74, Halloween came out 78. That is a long time to have that high watermark of like, this is what we started with when it comes to slasher movies. Holy shit, dude. That's a high watermark. And that movie is bananas. Pretty good. Yeah. Um, I've kind of been in a slasher. I didn't realize it, but in the last couple of days, I watched a couple of slashers. The first one, this one is not bad. This one I thought was going to be, I thought it was going to be, um, I thought it was going to be worse than it was, I guess. This one almost made it to Shitty Movie Sunday. It's called Body Count, two words, from 1986. Okay. And it almost made it to Shitty Movie because this is the um, description. A bodybuilder, a junk food addict, a wild blonde nymph, and their friends are stalked by a terrifying figure. A horrific tale of murder as fun-loving college kids in the Colorado wilderness slashed to ribbons, blah, blah, blah. Those characters are not as blatantly defined in the film as they are in that summary there's not really that much of a nymph there's not really a body builder and there's not really a junk food addict there's just someone who does mention junk food a couple of times but it's uh it's the same structure as as um prom night there's something in the beginning someone gets killed really quick at the beginning then that then 15 years later happens and some kids are back there it's some indian burial ground shit someone with a wrinkly old man looking mask which is a shaman possibly an indian shaman in the movie but it may it looks like someone wearing a halloween mask so at the end they pull it off and it is the halloween mask and it is one of those like as the movie goes on you're like is this someone i know like is the killer someone in involved in this movie or is it someone that we don't know as a character not groundbreaking but way better than the movie that i just talked about dead and dry dead and drive-in it's a lot of stabbing deaths, but pretty good and very reminiscent of um, of uh, the first uh, Freddy, uh, first Jason movie. Again, this is 86, I said, 86. So it's years after, but there's a good like laying down and a knife comes through somebody. Um, there's a couple good, a couple, couple good stabbings, some pretty good stuff. It's the same shit where like eventually they pull the mask off and it was this guy all along. But then at the end, there's a scare that maybe he wasn't dead or not. There's a good scene where there's this hot chick. Um, oh, <laughs> there's this guy, and he there's, he's a nerd character, and he let's see, fuck, is it, I'm trying. Am I mixing up two movies? There's a nerd character, and he's like a big fat nerd character, and they keep like tricking him and making him look stupid. And this hot one is like, oh, there's this orgy inside. They're at this camp, and the camp inside the camp, there are these people like a family lives there. So like they're not part of the campers and they're like, she's like, oh, the orgy's in here. And he's like, you're trying to trick me again. This, he's like the, what's the, the nerd, the, the, the funny guy's name that everyone hates. Shelly. Shelly. He's the Shelly of this movie. Okay. And she's like, no, the orgy's in there. Would I be doing this if I was kidding? And then she starts stripping down naked. So he strips down naked and there's a shot of his fat ass with his little tiny penis flopping. As she opens the door to the house, pushes him in and closes and locks it. And then he runs in that house that he thinks there's an orgy. And it's just a family eating. <laughs> nice. Anyway, um, there's another character who is um, he, I guess, is supposed to be the comic relief, but he's terrible at it. And he's playing it like a 
watered down Three Stooges movie. So like he's going fishing and he goes, he gets all his fishing shit. And he's like, I'm going fishing. Beat up scoop da doo. I'm going. And he's singing for an entire scene about going fishing. And he definitely does like a couple like, what? Like, but like he actually does that and says that. And you're like, nobody else in the movie is acting like that. If everybody was, you'd be like, okay, you're cartoon people. But like, no, he's the only one that's like, like his feet are literally like, whoop, 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 whoop. Whoa. Good. There's some good kills. Like I said, it's mostly stabbings. It's not different things, but like stabbing through a bed, stabbing, stabbing in the head. There was a couple good head stabbings. Um, jump, a lot of jumping through the mirror. There's a, let's see, there's an ax in the head, a good shotgun kill, some impaled. We're checking uh, out. Fingers. Yeah, it was fun. It was definitely one of those. I was ready to watch a movie that I was going to laugh at the whole time because it was stupid. But it was, uh, I remember a couple weeks ago, you and I talked and I said I wanted to watch a camp slasher like a Friday the 13th. Yeah. This didn't feel like camp. It didn't feel like the setting was camp, even though it was in the woods and it was a camp. But it was a pretty good, like, woodsy slasher. So it was fun. I liked it. All right. Um, the other movie I watched is a classic. And I watched it because we have sort of a spiritual sequel that came out this weekend. Uh, the new Candyman came out. I haven't got a chance to see it yet. I'm really excited to, but don't know how I'm going to go to a movie theater to see it. But anyway, I watched the original Candyman. My wife was jonesing for it. So we watched the OG Candyman and man, what a good movie. The original Candyman is just a solid solid entry into a horror film it's weird though because it doesn't really fit any genre or any sort of tropes that you would have before like it's not really a slasher but a lot of people get slashed up and like i think it's just a i don't know if it's more intelligent type of movie or just more thoughtfully laid out but it's very interesting you got virginia madsen is uh this college grad student who is um studying sort of urban legends and she goes to try and find out who the Candyman is. She hears about it and she's like, well, that's a more interesting urban legend than any of the bullshit that I've heard. So let's investigate more. And they go down to Cabrini Green, which is a really rough part of Chicago, like bad housing project. And they go down there and there's gangs everywhere. And she finds this story about this woman who was killed. And everybody says the Candyman did it. And she finds this like secret lair. And the whole legend is if you say Candyman five times in the mirror, he shows up and kills you. Well, they start saying that shit five times and <laughs> he starts showing up and killing them and he kind of has a thing for Virginia Madsen and it's Tony Todd, of course, the just incredible Tony Todd. Um, and he's like, you know, you need to be my victim because my story needs to expand and if you let me kill you, I'll make sure your name lives forever in infamy. And she's like, no, nah, I'm not into that. And so he's like, well, I'll make sure you do. So they kid he kidnaps a baby and basically like pins it on her like she just wakes up in a bathroom with a headless dog on the floor covered in mm -hmm. blood while this baby's mother is attacking her and she's like chops the baby <laughs> she like hits the the mother in the arm with a hatchet like a, a butcher's knife cuts her up but but she lives but they're like where's the baby you monster and she's like oh shit uh so she basically has to give herself into Candyman to save the baby and there are some just incredible scenes where like he opens his mouth and all these bees come out and she's like lying there covered in bees and like they just went and did that shit man they got all these like bees to show up that were like baby bees and uh, they're like we'll just put these baby bees on you they don't like sting as much and Tony Todd was like ha I'm not an idiot you have to pay me a thousand dollars every time I get stung he got stung, stung 24 times <laughs> <laughs> what an awesome um is that true? Do you know that that's true? Yeah, that's true. That's a pretty cool, uh, like, how do you come to that number? I would talk I, to the big guy be like, hey, how, about how many times do you think I'm going to get stung? Yeah, Run. but like, if anything, it's just like, they're like, no, 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 you're not going to get stung. We made sure that they're baby bees and they don't sting as much. He's like, as much. But you want me to put a whole bunch of bees in my mouth? And they're like, yeah, 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 it'll be cool. And he's like, and you want me to have a coat with bees all up in it? And they're like, yeah, it's going to be awesome. And he's like, $1,000 every time I get stung. And they're like, you're not going to get stung. He's like, that's what you're saying. <laughs> Fine, deal. You know, like, they, thinking like he, he must like, have really tricked him into it. Well, if I'm not going to get stung, why not Why not let yeah, me have that in so yeah. Who cares? It could be a million dollars. I'm actually going easy on you. Yeah, I'm going easy on you. Do and you he got think, stung like, 24 times. In those scenes, there were hundreds, if not thousands of bees, right? Hundreds of bees, you'd say, right? Oh, fuck ton of bees. And here's the thing. <laughs> Getting the bees on them, because so, I was reading about it, getting the bees on them was the easy part. They literally covered them with like this 
stuff. I don't know if it was honey, actually, but with a substance that the bees were like, yummy, and the bees would flock to you. Getting the bees off was when they started getting stung because you'd be standing there like now stand really still and the bees are like crawling up under your eyelids and up your nose and shit and like again he had bees in his mouth and in his coat and they start hitting the bees with the smoke which makes them fall off and go back to their their hive but like that's when he got stung was after Mm -hmm. the scenes because you know you got a bee in your coat and you're like what's that oh shit Ah, ah, ah. like holy shit and like you would stand there for 45 minutes trying to get bees off you just to get db'd just to get db'd yeah do, do you think that the production talked with the bees and was like all right guys you can't sting tony todd and every bee was like give me a thousand dollars and i won't sting him <laughs> they're like it's actually easier to pay tony todd a thousand for every sting than it is to pay each bee an extra thousand right right now it's the end of like the Jackie Brown uh, B Tony Todd movie and like the heist and the bees walking away and he's like it's like the voiceover he's like what the producers didn't know is I made a deal with Tony every time I stung him he got a thousand dollars but he split it with me two ways I get 500 he gets 500 what Tony didn't know is I made the same deal with the producers boom all the way to the bee bank baby the producers like damn the bees got us you know to go back to what you said before about not knowing what movie it is, I think it, it, it's an interesting thing. You weren't there. I had our buddy Scott Shipley on the show to talk about falling down, yeah. right? And we did like a two-part episode about falling down. And Great we talked movie. about how crucial Classic. it was for that movie to be set in Los Angeles, especially 90s Los Angeles. But the, 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 the city itself was not just the backdrop. It wasn't just the setting. It was almost a character. It was the essence of the movie. And I think um, Candyman is very similar. And I would say that that is an urban, and I don't mean urban as in, you know, black people. A lot of times that's like the the Hollywood term for it. But I think that it is an urban horror movie in that it is taking a society, a closely, literally physically closely packed together society, right? Any city, we're all living closely up together. And it's coming up with local legends that, might not be known elsewhere and exploring them. And I think that that really took that area and, and kind of said, all right, this is a, a lore from this area. This is a, 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 what's it called? An urban, it was literally an urban legend from that area. And that's what this, this woman is going to try to, to try to dissect and, and un, unwind and figure out, which and is I freaking think that that awesome. Super cool. Oh, it's super cool. And I think a lot of times, like, I mean, Candyman is, is paranormal, right? So it's not like a scream. It's not like even like a Jason. Jason's kind of paranormal too, but, but it's based he, in a thing. He's paranormal, but he's also, it's like, it's like bizarrely romantic. You know, it's like Dracula. I was going to say that too. Like, it's very Anne Rice kind of, yeah, like you said, Dracula. It's very, very vampiristic where very much I want so. this relationship with you. Yeah. And, and he's she, like, at the him, end, she becomes the new Candyman essentially. Yes. She becomes Helen. So if you say, if you know, you say Helen five times in the mirror, she shows up with Candyman's hook and fucks you up. And I was like, that's fucking cool, too. So there's all these, you know, it's a cool movie. It's really well done. I think I think what it suffers from, you know, you didn't know about until later. But like the the movie should not be from a white person's perspective at all. Like it's I think I think that's a huge like white savior problem that the movie has. And I I hope that the new movie, you know, takes its chance to to take the movie back and make it about Mm you know, the culture that it was representing. If that movie had been about like, there's this little kid in the movie who's like, Oh, I'll show you where Candyman is like, and, and he, the, you know, the little kid scared of Candyman. If you had made it more from his perspective, I think sure. you would have been doing the character more justice, you know, yeah. but again, it was the nineties and we didn't know better and blah, 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 you know, whatever it was. And, and it's like, I, the movie, it's not racist because of that, but the movie is not handling the racial aspects that it's putting out there in a way that you're kind of like, but why is the white woman important? Sell tickets, motherfucker. And you're like, oh, okay, I guess. <laughs> I mean, and you know, she does a great job. Virginia Madison acts the, sh- the hell out of this movie. Tony Todd is incredible. But I think, you know, nowadays you're like, why did you make a black horror movie where a white woman's the star? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, back then they were like, well, it was a different school of thought. Did you ever see the sequel? I've seen both sequels. I've um, only seen the second one. The second like one, the, he keeps getting framed for Candyman shit. Like the, the main character is a guy, and he's getting framed. Yeah, and he's stupid or about it, it too. Like, I don't know, he's yeah. framed, but he keeps walking in a situation. He keeps walking in situations, like and at one point, he is in the police station in handcuffs, 
And the guy's like, you're, you're so stupid. Let me show you. And he holds him. He's holding him up to a mirror. And he's like, candy man, candy man, candy. Says it five times. And all of a sudden, the cop gets lifted up in the air by Candyman. And like that whole movie, it's just Candyman pops up behind people and like hooks them through the stomach and lifts them up into the air. Mm -hmm. It cuts to a video feed of the surveillance room in the police station of a man mysteriously floating in the air as his back gets chung, 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 like gutted from behind. It's on camera, recorded. And what does this asshole do? Runs out the door and gets shot by cops. <laughs> you shocking? had the evidence. Nobody can explain this at this point. They're like, Maybe what the? Maybe he didn't know it was being recorded. Maybe he didn't know it was a camera. Of course he did. But like, you know, I get it. He's scared of candy. But he runs down the step and they're like, freeze, don't move. Pow, pow, pow. And they shoot him down the steps. And it's like, wow, what a waste. You had, you could have just been like, see, I was in, how did I, how did I gut this man from behind when I'm in handcuffs? Watch the tape. And they'd be like, what? And like, that's the coolest part is that they show what it looks like if you're like, a human who sees Candyman, but Candyman can't be seen by other people because you're the mm -hmm. one who said his name and cuts him up. It's freaking cool. It's a pretty boring movie. Minus this was more straightforward. Like the, the first yeah. one was more lore and stuff. Although I felt like the first one, the weak part for me was some of it was disjointed. Like they're like, oh, this is one of the rules or one of the things about Candyman. And they're like, and this is another one. It has nothing to do with that. And they don't really mention it again. And you're like, yeah. Okay, and okay, but what is that part? Like, well, don't worry about that, but also this. And you're like, well, wait, what does that have to do with the first part? And they're like, well, don't worry about that either. And you're like, well, okay, yeah. I guess that's fine, but it could be a little, I think, I guess I just wanted those strings pulled a little tighter, I guess, to make it a, a better package. Because you could have made it just about saying his name five times, he shows him and kills you. But then they're sure. like, yeah, but he's also a ghost looking to expand his, like, his mythology. Mm. Oh, okay. Well, you didn't really need to do that, but it's fine. All right. You know, you're right. It does, it does spread itself in a weird way, but overall, like, I think it's so unique and so well done and it's dreamlike. It's very dreamy mm, and, yeah. and really cool. And man, Tony Todd, well, fucking don't they, awesome. Don't they play up the angle also a little bit about like, is she really actually seeing Candyman and is he doing these things or is she going a little crazy she gets framed a bunch of times her. like she show, she like because she'll like pass out because when he's like Helen, right be my victim and she's all like oh my god i'm all dreaming but there's I'm, a chance that she's that we're seeing she, it through her eyes which she may have murdered right? a bunch of people and we don't right. really know yeah but they she does save the baby so even if she did do that shit she at least made up for it by saving the baby but Pulling saving the chair, baby like huh? a month later because she's in prison for like a month and somehow she shows up with that baby and that baby's okay and you're like you think tony todd candy man was just like feeding that baby and be like oh i hope she gets out of prison to try to take this bait because this baby's getting annoying because as somebody who had a, a like recently had a baby yeah he's like tony todd's like four in the morning he's like god damn it helen you better get out of prison soon Think break out of, of prison every baby thing you've ever done including changing a diaper yeah. now do it with a hook for it <laughs> <laughs> he's a like, hook that's literally been nailed into your stump oh right? my god yeah and there's bees everywhere you're like bees stay away stay with bees stay away stay away from the baby bees and like the bees are like hey tony todd give me a thousand dollars every time i stick this I baby. Say, that baby is like i get a teething cracker every time it gets done <laughs> a thousand teething crackers but like so the second one i will say this the second one expands some of the kills in a cool way but it's too yeah. slow for me to care but the end is cool because they do a flashback to him getting murdered but just basically he gets lynched like he right. he was a painter he painted rich white people he fell in love with a, a girl um the family was like girl. a white girl the family was like fuck that shit and they chase him down and they cover him in honey and the bees kill him and then they cut his hand off and jab a hook on there and they're like ha 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 and it's, it's they show him a mirror and say like look at you like it wasn't like that had like I like pulled out like an old fashioned an old mirror. mirror and that's the movie just shoehorning it's like right like well we gotta put the mirror thing in there somewhere because because <laughs> it has a lot to do with mirrors yeah so they somehow have to get the mirror thing in there and they're all chanting his name Candyman Candyman it's fucked up the third movie is like hey let's get a bunch of Playboy bunnies to take their tops off and Candyman can kill them cool and they're like cool do you want to make any sense from the other two movies no you want to show a bunch of boobs yes do you want to make a good movie. Mm, maybe I feel like I should watch that one then I've never seen that one what's that it's one called is it called something uh, Day of Souls well, I feel like Farewell to the Flesh was the second one but if there's so much boobs in the next one it should be like hey Flesh is back <laughs> yeah yeah Welcome yeah, yeah. Back. <laughs> Day Hello. of the Dead yeah Candyman 3 Day okay. of the Dead Um, it's not good but 
It's not good. Is it it doesn't. Boot? It has a lot of boobs in it, though. <laughs> it's yeah. It's just not good. Um, the best is now. Whether I watch this tonight, tomorrow, or a year from now, when I watch it, I'm gonna remember you saying that, and I'm gonna judge the amount of boobs compared to what you're saying. Like if it's an average amount of boobs, I'm gonna be like, that wasn't a lot of boobs. If I feel it's light on boobs, I'm gonna be like, that wasn't a lot of boobs at all. But if it was a lot of boobs, I'm gonna be like, he was right. He was well, right. There were some boobs. <laughs> Day of the Dead. Um, I don't know. It just does nothing to help the. Fr- it, it it just takes it in more of a slasher like direction in a way that the movie didn't need. Yeah. So I don't know. It, maybe it's fun. I I don't. I I remember not liking it, but I've seen the second one. M- more recently than I've seen the third one. I've, I've watched yeah. the first one a bunch of times. I've watched the second one twice. I only saw the, the third one once back in like just after I graduated. Like when we were living together, I think I probably got it. Mm. Checked I it out. I just bought the first one a couple months ago. I bought the Shout Factory or Scream Factory Blu-ray. So I watched it then. I watched so the second good. one within a year or so because I remember it was during pandemic. Um, and I think that was the first time I ever saw it. But man, Tony like, yeah. Todd, what a what a what a cool character and an underrated character too. I don't think I don't think Tony Todd. I mean, I guess he gets a shit ton of credit. Everybody's like, "Fucking Tony Todd's a legend," but Candyman. Interesting though, because he's only a legend for that. He's done a couple other things, but who cares? He's in a bunch. Like he is, he is one of those that guy cameo guys that he'll pop up mm-hmm. in anything, and you're like, "Fucking yeah, Tony Todd, Candyman." Like I mean, he's in all the uh, uh, final. Destination movies, and he's like, I'm oh, a guy yeah, yeah. who knows what's going on for no reason. He's in The Crow. We watched The Crow. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because Kate, Kate, it's funny. Kate's been on a funny kick. She's been like, I want to watch The Crow. And I'm like, really? And she's like, yeah. And I was like, all right. So we watched The Crow, and she's like, oh, this is like the blueprint emo movie, huh? And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This is like the blueprint angsty fucking just, it, but, but without The Crow, you don't have The Matrix. You don't have like, you, you don't have, you don't have underworld there's you don't have so hot topic you don't have hot topic there are so <laughs> many movies and that director who did the crow also did dark city and i'm like right. holy shit that guy does not get enough credit for creating the like 90s goth movement dark city is one of those movies that like i finish watching it and i look around and i'm like did anyone else just see that like why are we not talking about that more and i do think that there's some weaknesses and some large weaknesses in that movie but it's fucking awesome what a beautiful creation right stunning if you guys haven't seen dark city it's basically the matrix but but a different approach it's if somebody if somebody was like you guys are going to love this matrix thing let me show you and then the matrix saw i was like yeah yeah yeah, but we want to do that like but techno and they're like okay cool the made it's dark city is literally the matrix if it wasn't like robots it's like the analog matrix right? <laughs> it very much is and what a cool movie but it's like it's fucking weird and also like I don't remember it being good, but I don't, I remember it being stunning. It's, it, you know what it is? It's one of those movies for me that it's like so awesome and I watch it and then like somewhere towards the middle or se- middle or end of the second act, it starts to go slow and it like loses me. And then the, the end does not have the impact. So if you think of it like a roller coaster ride, it like starts, starts here, goes up, 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 comes down and you want it to come back up. And it just goes down and then just kind of like finishes. And you're like, eh, it's not bad. Yeah. And it's got that guy in it who looks like an everyman, except his eyes are fucking in different, looking in different places. And he's like never done anything else. I can't think, think of a single other time I've ever seen him, except for the five times I've watched Dark City. <laughs> <laughs> Man, yeah, Dark City. But like you have to give like Dark City and The Crow, 1998. And and when did the, I don't know when the crow came out, but nineties. But this is Alex Proyas. Mm-hmm. That director invented Hot Topic. Like Hot Topic owes him everything. The Matrix owes him everything. Like that guy gets no credit for birthing the dark, like gritty, grungy, mm. goth Hot Topic sort of thing. Like he did the crow. He did Dark City. But now, like more recently, he did Gods of Egypt, which is one of the most laughably awful movies I've ever seen. Yeah, I think at that point he was just getting paychecks. He's like, okay, I didn't see that, but I mean, I think I know. He did iRobot, Barf. Yeah, I mean, but that wasn't bad. It just was like, who cares? Yeah, Man. that's one of those that like you walk out of the movie theater and your brain is like, do I need to keep that? And you're like, nope, none of it. No. Like, no what yeah. about the scene where the cars were going up and down the buildings and sideways on the roads automatically where the robots are fighting? You're like, that was cool, but I don't. I don't think I'll need to reference that again. You could it's, leave that scene. It's one of those movies that it didn't matter how visually cool it was. It was so much CGI that you're just like, didn't I don't care. It's all fake. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the, the Crow came out in 1994. 
fucking like and look it is angsty as shit like holy shit the it's so emo so emo it's like this this musician he dies he's murdered his girlfriend's raped and murdered and he comes back because the angst of love brings him back from the dead and he puts makeup on and he goes and gets revenge with makeup on and he's killing the bad guys and it is so dark and angsty and fucking gnarly i mean it's a great movie brandon lee dies making the movie holy shit it is it's wild wild ernie hudson's in it i want more from the movie than it is even the first time i saw it when i hadn't watched or read the comic or anything the, again, the final scenes, the final, the final couple, the final big battle, and then the final one-on-one battle are very lame, in my opinion. But when I, I know the book really well, well they're the swashbuckling. Book, it's they have a sword fight. They yes. they literally throw down and have like this like pirate sword fight, which on top of a church. It's like I mean, but it like it's it's very much like there's no way that this one jackoff who's like a drug dealing kingpin is going to be as good a swordsman as this supernatural guy who's fucking bent on revenge like there's no fucking way that that's gonna you know what i mean it's just like get 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 out like there's no way that that fight is gonna be but the whole movie is like a angsty high school boy who got dumped wrote a screenplay and this is his like revenge to all the boys who hurt his girlfriend like broke her heart it's so comic chokes me up though because you see a lot more of it in the comic and there's a lot more of talk about angsty in the comic, there's a lot more of him in full crow makeup with no shirt on, literally like cuddling a cat and rolling around on the floor and rolling around in a bed. But it's done in a way that speaks to me. Maybe I'm just an emo kid at heart, but like <laughs> it breaks my heart to see him realize what he's missed. But in the comic, when he revenges, he revenges about 10 times harder than he does in the movie. There's a lot more scenes where he walks into a room and just fucking destroys everybody. There's a lot more heart. Like some of the things he does in the movie are way softer than what he does to that character in the book. And there's some much better lines, some much more chilling, you know, you shouldn't have raped and killed my girlfriend stab in your mouth. And you're like fucking baller. It's, it's good though. I will say that the crow as a movie is one of those movies that like is a blueprint for something. It's cheesy now. It's so fucking cheesy, (laughs) but yeah, you, you give it credit for being like, wow, It's funny, too, because it's like we don't give this guy enough credit for creating this like entire genre of like dirty angst. But I suppose this guy also saw like the 89 Batman and was like, oh, I'll take that. Thank you. (laughs) You know, like it's it's straight up. It's straight up. Very Tim Burton. Very gothic movies. Right. Uh, Aesthetically, like the aesthetically for sure. The the parameters that the movie takes place in. Yeah. But, uh, you know, Brandon Lee fucking died making it. But, like, reading about it, like, everybody was so fucking coked up. And there are scenes where you're like, oh, those men are high. I've seen high people. I work in the film industry. I know what people look like when they're high. Those dudes are high as shit on cocaine. <laughs> there's a story reading reading about it. There's a story where I guess somebody sneezed on set and Brandon goes, well, somebody lost 50 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah, but time. bunch of fucking, uh, you know, but then you can't have a bigger legend when somebody dies on set. This is the last movie they make, and he's the son of Bruce Lee. Who also died kind of mysteriously and out of the blue. Not, yeah. I mean, Brandon Lee didn't die mysteriously, but he died out of the blue. And and it's it's notorious. For those of you who don't know, um, there's a scene in the film where he comes into a room and is menacing this this drug addict. And the drug addict's like, you're crazy. I'm going to shoot you. And he's like, do it. And he shoots him a bunch of times. Well, one of those times, it's a blank gun. And the blank gun had an obstruction in the barrel. So a piece of debris. And that piece of debris shot out and killed Brandon Lee. But it's one of those things that like people suddenly thought that like blank guns were unsafe or like movie guns were unsafe well this is a one in a million thing the fact that there was debris in the barrel and the fact that the debris hit him in just the way to kill him that's like a one in a million chance it's awful and terrible but it's one of those like rare things that's been then mythified like still to this day there's protocols on set about how to handle fake guns I was gonna say, and i listened to fucking <laughs> every one of those on-set safety meetings because yep 
people, the reason they have those meetings is because people have gotten fucked up. Fucked up. And I mean, basically, they needed to check the barrel and make sure there was nothing jammed in there. That's that's definitely somebody's fault, but goddamn horrible accident. Horrible fucking accident. Uh, cool movie, though. Fucking, it's moody as shit. And, and I think for sticking to an aesthetic, I mean, like, we're going to be dark and grimy the whole time. Like, super dark. Fucking cool. And the crow is now, like, the the the, the, the character... That is the the prototypical. Like if you said, "I'm gonna go to a Halloween dressed as like an emo icon," what would you write? That's you're going as the crow. Yeah, I'd go as the crow, but then everybody'd be like, "Whoa, Sting the wrestler!" Yeah, do a suplex on me, bro. Well, yeah, everybody would think I was just some fucking WWE wrestler now. Sting and Crow are like arguing about who had it first, and did at drive-ins like I did it in 1986. <laughs> I wasn't even the movie, but I did it on the cover. Yeah, well, the- I got. I don't keep us much longer, but I right. have one more slasher that I think is a, like I, this is a recommend. Another one. I just threw it on one night with a root beer and was like, because I don't drink beer, with <laughs> a root beer, and I was like, this. I'll watch this. It's it is on Tubi or right now. It's on Tubi, and it had the color code bar across the bottom, so I know that Arrow Video released it. And Arrow Video doesn't release everything. They release things that they think are good. So I took that as like a criterion stamp. This is called Edge of the Axe, 1988. Oh, yeah. The cover shows Classic. a very, just like a white-masked person with an axe chopping through a wooden door or something. Very generic. And the movie is not necessarily any less generic, but it was pretty good. It's uh, these two people are talking over what would be I am. Like they're essentially using, they don't call it the internet, but the internet to communicate to each other via computer, there's someone with an ax fucking people up. And in the first scene or two, the first person that got killed with an ax, I was like, all right, this is going to be a more in-your-face cool movie than I thought it was going to be. I just thought it was going to be a regular, you know, Diamond Dozen slasher movie. But it's this guy killing with a mask as the movie goes on. He's got a on, cool mask. He's like very blank. It's almost Michael Myers blank. It's very, it very, but again, like we've seen Michael Myers, we've seen people with masks, whether they're cool masks or boring masks, whatever. But he's killing, the, the killer is killing people with an axe for the most part. Let me see. I think it's mostly uh, mostly axes. Uh, yeah, but it's it's fun. There's some good kills. You see some good stuff. It's pretty violent. And some of this, you know, I don't get scared when I watch movies, but some of the times where the killer emerges or jumps out, I'm like, that was an effective scare. I can see that working. Um, and then there's the who's, who's doing the killing, who's doing the killing. And there's a woman, you know, a, a teenage girl, I guess, woman who is like concerned that it might be her brother who died but might not have died and again we've seen this before but it's interesting enough that i was like okay i thought it was gonna be a movie that i'd be like fucking around on ebay or texting people during but i kind of put my shit down and started watching it a couple minutes in because i was like this is actually way better than i thought it was gonna be it's got some pretty cool stuff that happened oh there's a fucking uh it's a car wash kill it's it you gotta watch i think that's how it, it starts pretty quick it's it's cool. Watch that. I think I think that's the one that's got the car wash kill. I like the way this killer looks. He's, and the poster, the the on the arrow video, the edge of the axe, like it's cool as him busting through a door, all Jack mm-hmm. Torrance style. It's pretty neat. It's on it's on Tubi, and it's like it's definitely if you're in the mood for like. You I know, think it's on uh, Shutter too. If you guys have you Shutter, and I, it's on there. Uh, you guys, you, our listeners know that we do a big October horror thing. Whether we do it on purpose or not, we try to watch a shit ton of horror in October. This would definitely be a fun one to watch if you haven't seen it before. I liked it. Um, You're putting this on your slasher pick? like Yeah, I mean, it was, like I said, it was fun, and it was better than I thought it was going to be. All you right. Know? I didn't think it was going to be as And in this day and age, it really is difficult. And somebody brought this up. I saw this online. Somebody's like, man, I just feel like I've gotten to the end of the rainbow when it comes to, like, horror movies. And, and you know, people are like, well, have you seen these movies, these, these underground movies? And it's like, so then you just start getting into the more extreme stuff. Not good, just extreme. Sure. Like it just either has more nudity or more graphic or more. But like they're not made better. Right. It's like right. So sometimes people, it's like, what am I asking for here? Am I asking, you know, am I asking just to feel something, or am I asking for quality? So right. I often feel like I've hit the end end of the earth. You know, reached the end of the the horror genres. That I've seen it all. But it's like, well, have you seen this like really gross like thing? And it's like, yeah, but I'm not looking. For just a horror movie that makes me go gross, right? You know, oh, hypersexualized violence, really graphic. That that's not what I'm looking for. I'm looking for a quality. I'm looking for somebody to deliver something that I haven't seen before. 
inequality that that you expect so it's like sure we could go down that avenue but that's like that, that, that's like saying oh man i've partied to death yeah but if you partied till you blacked out and woke up with a dead hooker and your left kidney missing no but i don't i know that's not a good time right like, yeah, I, I can <laughs> imagine if i did that how i would feel and that's not what I'm chasing. That's I'm not, not what I'm chasing. That. I wanna, I wanna come out of the party being like, that was a good time. Yeah, like, right. sh- give me, give me a, give me substance. I'd rather see a horror movie that like delivers on a level, you know. And, and there's a lot of movies coming out that are trying to be better, but I think we're in it. We're stuck ever since Hereditary. We're stuck in this like grief movie phase. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where everything's like, my mom died, and I'm grieving, and that grieving be- turns into a ghost, and you're like, okay. And it's like, that's not bad, but we've had so many of them back to back to back to back that it's like, it's going to take me years to be like, okay, I want to come back around and watch a grief horror movie. And it's like, it's, it's almost, it's cliche at this point. Like, I hope the pendulum swings and we have like happy horror movies where it like starts at a kid's birthday party and like a non-scary, really cool magic clown is doing some fun stuff and everybody's on board. And then the killing starts. And it's not the clown's fault. Like, the clown is just there. Yeah. Just everybody's having a good time. Even the clown's like, whoa, guys, this is yeah. fucked up. And just I'm like, the clown. Out of the, bl- out of the blue, <laughs> everything is great. And then suddenly blood. <laughs> I love it. That'd be super cool. Oh, man. Super cool, dude. Well, I will have to give this one a check out. I'm, I'm excited to see. It's worth it. And not groundbreaking. It's not going to stay with you. But it's worth, you'll be like, that was worth my time. I was Slashers happy I aren't, that. but if you have a good enough kill, if you have a good way yeah. to present the kills, you know, then I'm here for it. Why Some not? good axes. <laughs> Hit me up with them axes. Hit us up. Social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Launchpad Pod on our website, launchpadpod.com. We have some fun stuff coming up. We have some interviews. We have some cool people lined up to talk to, to chat about. Um, I'm pretty excited about some of those, but we'll uh, get more information as it comes uh, becomes more real. We're trying to manifest it with magic. No, we're just calling them up, being like, "Hey, you want to be on our?" Nah, my mom's gonna die. And I'm gonna cry about it. And they're gonna pop up out of nowhere. Pop up out of nowhere. <laughs> awesome, guys. Well, we appreciate. It. Let's blast this thing off, Rumi. We're the Rocketeers. Oh, wait, and wait, we are. No, we need to do that again. That okay. needs to be a wetter, juicier fart. If you download <laughs> the Alexa fart pack or whatever. The wet fart expansion. <laughs> Ready? Oh, I got it. Let me let me get a sip. Let me get a sip first. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Mm. All right, you ready? Yeah. <laughs> juiciest blast off we've ever had yeah damn dude i need a towel <laughs> i literally bought a bidet because i was having so many juicy blast offs <laughs> if your blast offs were juicy enough you wouldn't need the bidet <laughs> no you still do oh uh, anyway we're the diarrhea rocketeers <laughs> we are out we're the rocket rears <laughs> How have we never done that? We're terrible. It was right there the whole time. It was in our faces the whole time. Oh, it was behind us. <laughs> if it was in our faces, we have pink eye. <laughs> the 90s was a renaissance for gothic action and horror. <laughs> I'm gonna play sweaty the sweaty laughing so much. I'm gonna play the theme song now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna stop recording too. Five, six, five, four, uh, three, that was awesome. Two, one, zero.